Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. I guess this episode is Mike Tate, who is a 31-year PGA professional and the owner of SMT Golf. In addition to being a golf professional, Mike is a club manufacturing expert, and his company, SMT Golf, has produced a number of top clubs for multiple Remax World Long Drive champions. Mike is also helping to redefine the golf outing business through SMT Golf Outing Services, which provides entertainment and fundraising for golf events. You can learn more about Mike's services at smtgolf.com and smtgolfoutings.com. So thanks for joining us today, Mike. Um, your background in the golf industry is quite diverse. Uh, how exactly did you get started? I, I started off, uh, a go- I've been a golf pro here in Illinois for 31 years now. Uh, I started off at Exmoor Country Club up north, and um, I just literally got tired of the poor quality equipment that was out there. And, you know, members coming to me, you know, hey, there's a rattle in my Cobra, there's a rattle in this, you know. I'd have to tell my customers or my members at that time, you know, I'll call the rep on Monday and see what we can do. I'm thinking you can't tell the, you know, the president of the club, you know, that we'll figure it out on Monday. Mm-hmm. When the guy would slam the club down on the counter, grab a new one out of the rack, so, you know, and saying, don't worry, you know, I just fixed it now. And, uh, you know, when nine degree clubs were 11 and a half degrees and there were just too many inconsistencies. Um, 2001, I was introduced to the long drivers of America out in Mesquite, Nevada, and listening to all those guys talk about how they couldn't get clubs to stay together, how five degrees were either seven degrees or two degrees closed, two degrees open. They they couldn't get anything consistent. You know, they actually had to go and sift through boxes of clubs, you know, to get two clubs the same. And I kept thinking, you know, how come people just aren't doing this right? So... Literally, it, it was born of a, a desire to just do do things right. So several trips over to China, uh, Shanghai to be exact, to get things lined up the way that I wanted them lined up. So I ended up having very, very tight tolerances for my clubs. Um, best materials, best welding, best painting, best testing, moreover, uh, you know, where every club... Every club had his cannon tested 50 times at 160 miles an hour before it's painted. We're really just trying to destroy the clubs. and um, People just don't, weren't doing that. I mean, I, I don't have shareholders that I have to deal with. So, um, you know, I was able to do that and, and put that kind of effort forward. And one thing led to another, and, you know, now I have 312 uh, long drive champions in 11 different countries. Um, been the longest driver on tour, any PGA tour in the world since 2003. And um, it's, it's kind of a neat deal. You know, it's able to offer a lifetime warranty on my products, uh, no questions asked. Uh, that has since changed in the last year, you know, with the, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm called the Americanizing of, of the Chinese system. Mm-hmm. where they don't work on weekends anymore and uh, they become very capitalistic but uh it really was uh, really was quite an interesting an interesting way to go about it i thought um, and so me. you in addition to you know this technology that you've put together and and working with the different uh 
uh, manufacturers in China, you um, named the company, so it's Superior Metal Technology, but you also named it after your son. Is it uh, is this kind of like the you know the coming together of of like you know maybe it's your your two loves of of golf <laughs> and manufacturing or is yeah. it, you know do you think there's more to it you know in terms of for you to do this because obviously if your members were kind of pointing you down this road and you saw that clubs weren't um, you know fulfilling their capabilities uh, is this sort of do you think you kind of follow your calling on this? Um, yes, I certainly love. I certainly love the game. I mean, more than than I've ever loved any game. Um, I love the sport. Um, when my son was born, I realized, you know, being in the golf industry, you know, golf course, golf shop, golf pro, I'd never see him. So I really named. I really named the company after him. And originally, when I started doing radio interviews and magazine interviews, um, you know, SMT's now been in 83 magazines worldwide, uh, several different countries, and I've got most of them framed up here in the office. Um, I had to come up with a little bit more professional, a little bit more professional uh, moniker for SMT, so that's when the superior metal technology came about, um, because it really is, it's a better grade, it's pure, it's pure titanium. You know, when I watch, when I watched other companies actually waiting in line in Shanghai for the scraps from my clubs, I found that interesting because they actually had to rework and remelt and recreate that. So it really was firsthand recycled to them. Everything is lost at that point. So, um, so it really is superior metal. Um, but it really is about it really is about my son. There's no doubt. So much so, in fact, that my 3390 fairway wood today, that's his birthday. You know, 3390. <laughs> So, Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always been about that, but you know, guys kept you know kept teasing me that I had to come up with a little bit more professional uh, sound <laughs> to it. So, what's the the uh, reaction you get then from maybe not the professionals, maybe not the long drive uh, hitters, but uh, the average golfer that you work with and you teach when you you put an SMT club in their hand? Uh, what is normally the first things that come out of their mouth? First thing is uh, shock at the price because it's so inexpensive compared to what's out there today. Um, you know, the one or two balls with it. You know, during the demo process, everything is on a quick connector system. So as I'm screwing a shaft into a club, I'm able to tell them how the club's going to both feel, how it's going to play. I can tell them the spin profile. I could tell them exactly what that ball is going to do in the 20 seconds that it takes me to put that shaft in. And this club, this has going to feel softer. It's going to go higher. It's going to feel, so, you know, that type of thing. And they're shocked, you know, when when it happens. Um, they're surprised. They're often surprised that you know they can call here and get the owner, club designer, on the phone. I mean, almost every day. Um, it's it's a it's a interesting it's an interesting feel. Um, certainly one that you know embarrasses me sometimes, but um, it, it's one of those things that. Uh, that I think the entire golf industry could do or you know, certainly could have done, and it certainly could be done better than I'm doing it now, but price would have to be an issue. I mean, I mean, people can make clubs dead on spec, but the scrap or the waste or the throwaways would be so high that the price of the products actually leaking out the door would be you know, just crazy high. Um, but I, I think you know, people love the feel. They love the fact that I have six drivers and all of them play different. They're all different size. They're all different color. They all play different. 
They like the fact that there's 73 different lofts that they can choose from, from 4 degrees to 14 and a half degrees. You know, they certainly like that. Um, it really is a club for everybody. It's a local company. It's always been here. I've always been in, you know, the Chicago area, you know, down here in Oswego now. And how do you go about uh, fitting people? Is it do you have demo days? Is it is there a specific place people go to, to for you to work with them to sort of find the right driver and the right shaft and right mix? Yeah, well, well, we're an internet company. I mean, here in Oswego, you know, we're in 2,500 square foot warehouse. So actually, without a sign, um, you know, on rain days, this place would fill up like tears. You know, <laughs> with uh, with old guys looking for you know coffee and donuts, but. Uh, we do, we have done demo days in the past. Truth be told, it shocks me to no end, and that that'll be probably the next big thing that we see in the golf industry is is, is the end of demo days. And and maybe that's a little bit of a cynic in me, you know. But golfers are never on time. They're never early. They never even want to see you, you know, at a demo day. It's difficult for them to make purchasing decisions at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, at 10:18, tee time comes by. They're there at 10:16, hitting two balls with their shoes untied, and their buddy's waiting for them on the first tee. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. Uh, consequently, I've created a mail-out nationwide mail-out demo program where we'll actually mail out uh, the club with the shaft that they want. Uh, we give them a list of how each head and shaft play. So if they're looking for one that feels a little softer, club head that hits the ball a little higher, a little bit more spin, a little bit less spin, a little bit better feel, a little bit better sound, that goes with the club. And also a $100 gift certificate and a return mailing label, the whole thing for $25 for 14 days. So for $25, they get to beat this club around uh, with their buddies if they like. They have the answer sheet as to what they could pick and choose to fix it. And then they have a $100 off gift certificate for the club they eventually choose, then we, you know, of course, make make it up uh, the way they like. So that's that's pretty surprising to me. So then you're able to consistently fit people through this type of a system where you're able to send them out, they could tweak it, and then you're confident with the the club that they get in their hands is going to be the right fit and the right shaft and everything at the end of the the round. Again, after 31 years, um, though, I mean, fitting is absolutely an art. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2010, people are trying to make fitting a science. Um, sometimes it's funny to me, you know, when you look at things like the Bridgestone ball fitting uh, commercials. You know, not to pick on Bridgestone by any means, you know, but when they have a launch monitor that does not measure spin, it calculates spin, the commercial should end there. When they hit the ball 12 feet into a net, I don't know how they project that out, and I understand that clearly it is. It's a it's an algorithm that that creates that number, mm-hmm. but then people are actually going out and being fit to a ball that they hit 13 or 14 times around. I can't figure out why they wouldn't want to be fit to the ball that they hit 86 times around, as opposed to the 13, 14. You know, but that's probably a whole different set of commercials. Um, golf club fitting. After 31 years of doing this, is definitely an art, and I and I really, truly, firmly, firmly, firmly believe that I can fit anybody on the planet by asking them two questions. You know, do they want to hit the ball higher or lower? And I don't care how high they hit it or how low they hit it. I don't want to hear that story. They know how high they hit it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to hit it higher or lower? Circle one. And do you want to hit it longer or straighter? Of course, everyone says both. Um, but a lot of times, you know, after I, you know, if we laugh about that one. They know if they want to hit it longer or straighter, so we can pick 
we can pick club head design, we can pick weights, we can pick shaft flexes, and absolutely, we can do it over the phone. We can give them a club that um, they they have chosen the feel or the look, and, and sadly that has a lot to do with it, um, that they think that they can start with. It's a good starting point. And sometimes the guy will get the demo club that he thinks he likes, and he'll say, you know, gosh, I wish I could hit the ball a little bit higher than this, and he'll just look at the sheet, and here's three shafts above that club, the shaft that he has, that'll hit the ball higher. Choose one of those three, and it'll hit the ball higher. So that that quite oftentimes happens. But the only two questions I ever ask is, do you want to hit the ball higher or lower than you're hitting it now? Do you want to hit the ball longer or straighter than you're hitting it now? And the final thing is, is what are you hitting now? So I have an idea uh, of, of where they're going. And the, the fact that golfers, and, and no golfer on the planet, you know, with the ball flight laws, has actually ever hit the same ball twice ever. I mean, not even Tiger. Um, it's a it's a moving target. So, you know what I mean? What are we really, 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 really fitting to? And, you know, and fitting is always in in quotes there. Um, you know, just because the guy buys a launch monitor because he has enough room left on his Visa card doesn't necessarily make him a club fitter. And I and personally, I've seen too many guys head in a computer screen when the guy's standing right there. You know, if the guy's right there, I guess I've got everything I need. You know, 15 minutes of talking to him, watching him hit balls. In in two shots, I can put a, you know, a combination of head and shaft together that he'll love more than what he's hitting now. So from your perspective, uh, what's been the biggest uh, change in a golf club manufacturing for the better within the past say, you know, a few years, five years? Or has uh, there been any? Biggest change for the better is probably uh, shafts. Um, more consistent. In other words, when uh, the guy would call me and he would say, I want one just like my buddies, but in regular. In other words, filament wound shafts. I mean, just the method of manufacturing, the consistency of shafts, um, certainly much, much better than it was 30 years ago. Um, I mean, much, much better. I definitely, I definitely like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, and, and I have written for magazines and written uh, stories uh, upon request. The things that I really don't like and don't believe in, um, you know, movable weight technology, uh, MOI, that type of thing. But I, I would, to answer your question, I would probably say the, the biggest improvement has been shafts. The second has been um, the lightweight materials to allow club heads to get bigger. You know, and now, of course, the USGA has, you know, put the clamps on that. But uh, in that order, definitely, I would say. So with most golfers, on average, I think the, the average is that uh, – only 22% of all golfers regularly score less than 90 for 18 holes. Mm-hmm. What would be, and, I, and obviously this is different for each golfer and each uh, person's skill and their ability to be able to practice and get uh, education on their swing, but what would be the impact that a, and I, I guess we have to include two different segments here, mm-hmm. on well-built clubs and then secondly well-fitted clubs on a person's golf score? Uh, you know, roundly, could we say that there's a, if you're fitted properly, you have, you know, the potential to 
save 10%? Is, would that be outrageous, or you know, would you put it a different way? Well, that that number, you know, when I had you know heard and read that number, I mean, oddly, it shocked me. As it shocked me. I mean, it really shocked me. I mean, when the average score in you know the United States came out, I was amazed at how high it was. Um, but you know, if you really think about it, you know, the old you know oops and do overs and I'll take that one. If you factor <laughs> all that out, mm-hmm. the number really is higher than I ever thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and that's a, and that's a shock. The to answer your question. Um, Fitting is important, but it's, it's, I don't think it's the, the end answer. Um, in other words, when I was 12 years old, I would no sooner think about taking a pair of my father's shoes, stuffing them full of newspapers so they fit me, quote-unquote fit me, and run it out there and say, hey, you know, now I have sh- golf shoes. Let's go play. Mm-hmm. Same thing with golf clubs. You know, when I watch people cut down golf clubs for their kids, you know, you have a weight issue is first and foremost, but everyone's so focused on shaft flex, which is, which is really kind of crazy to me. Um, but I think basic fitting, I think uh, lie of the club for the iron clubs is, is very important. But in that same sense, I think you have to have some good idea of how to play the game, set up, address the ball. I mean, you can't have this really strange, odd, unconventional way of going about this game and expect to fit clubs to it. I've always said that if your car pulls to the right all day, do you plan on making right-hand turns all day? I mean, do you plan your day accordingly? Or do you go get the car fixed? Um, it's almost the same thing with the golf thing. I mean, if you have a really unconventional way about going out, you know, about this, barring physical limitations, of course, do you get fitted to a poor swing? And I would say absolutely not. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of going to see somebody, I mean, not for a series of six lessons or 12 lessons. I mean, just going, learning how to set up, learning how to adjust the ball, learning the basics of a ball flight and, and how to make good, solid contact. I think that that person would be much better off. And once that is, there's some progression there, then go get yourself fitted for for clubs, but there is definitely a difference in in club material. In other words, you know when I see people go to not you know not to pick on Dick's Sporting Goods, but just because they're so big here in town, mm-hmm. when they go out and buy starter sets and and they're you know the heads are made of aluminum and the irons are made of zinc, and I know that it's such a such a poor base quality, it's definitely not helping them. I mean I would no sooner go out and play baseball with a plastic bat. This is not helping me to enjoy the game. So you you firmly believe that the quality of the materials has a, a major impact on on the quality of the clubs and um, the, the effect. I absolutely I absolutely think the quality of, of the materials because it it I mean knowing what I know about what I do it allows mm-hmm. me to do so much more. I mean I can make I can make all the clubs the same. In other words. I, I love John's nine-degree driver like you made for Make Me Another One, and I know that mine's going to be just like it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that with a mass-produced aluminum-headed driver or zinc set of irons. I couldn't do that. In other words, when you break that set apart, you know, if you cut that set in half, um, it looks like a, a 
it looks like a glazed donut inside, very airy. But the materials of the other club, I'm allowed, of my clubs, I'm allowed to bend them to lie. You know, John happened to be six foot two. You happen to be five ten. So we changed his lie. So do you have equally equally the same chance? Your clubs are flatter, and we can bend that. You couldn't bend that store bought set of zinc. Um, so although although they do say X Y Z seven iron, and his say X Y Z seven iron, they're both regular flex. Yeah, they're not the same club because they weren't, you know, adjusted to him. Um, I would just, I would like to have, I personally would like to have the best chance I could have going forward. So I have uh, one final question about SMP golf in your, in your club manufacturing. For the average golfer in Chicago who shoots anywhere from 90 to 110 and plays one time a week, what would be one thing you would tell them right now in terms of their equipment that they should consider doing to help them improve their game? Wow, that's a great question. I would say uh I would say spend the money and go out and play nine holes of golf with an eight iron. <laughs> just an eight iron. And just see how much different their nine hole score is with just an eight iron as opposed to with no expectations as it is with their full set of clubs. And they'd be shocked at how close the number is this to be the same. There's no expectation of how far they have to hit the ball, uh, what they're trying to lay up or get over, uh, you know, just plodding along, you know, eating up real estate every time they hit the ball. Has uh, this been a test that you've conducted before? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's always with it's always within four or five shots, and they're just shocked that they can do it with one club. Um, as far as far as their as far as their equipment goes. Um, Use the best you can use, um, buy the best that you can buy, best that you can buy. It might not be the best, and it, you know, and it might indeed be the worst, um, the best that they can buy, and then uh, see someone learn how to use it. They, I mean, they can't, they can't buy their way out of a bad golf swing. This has been the Chicago Golf Report podcast. Visit ChicagoGolfReport.com right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago Golf News, and in-depth event listings.